This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Premiers Ford, Moe, and Higgs announces collaboration to develop and deploy nuclear reactors known as small modular reactors. I didn't do well in science, so I have no idea what those are. And, you know, I guess a lot of us, I thought for sure nuclear energy was a thing of the past. But, you know, it is clean. It's affordable. Not perfect. But it's a great way of bringing down carbon without having to gouge people. It's a great way to replace coal. And so the idea of the partnership is to get this technology into the rural areas and to the provinces that still rely on coal. And so not only is this going to lower the carbon emissions, but we can make money off of this technology, selling it to those who have a heavy carbon footprint. Hmm, who can I think of? Oh, I don't know. China, anyone? We can, we can make a lot of money on this. So it seems to make a lot of sense, and it doesn't force a tax on us. And it's good for the economy. Oh, yeah, and by the way, it's something the federal government is studying. So how could Justin Trudeau not like it? Let's ask someone who's got a much bigger brain on these issues than me. Do we have Ross McKittrick? Oh, we don't have him. Oh, that's wonderful. So now I have to... <laughs> I'm going to explain nuclear modular things. Yeah, no, that's not going to be me. Uh, well, we are waiting for Ross McKittrick to come in. He is, of course, um, a- an expert on a lot of these energy issues. But the way I see this issue is if we have the technology available to us and we are told that we have it, You know, this thing's not an overnight thing. It's about a five-year venture. So it's not going to come in immediately. But if you've got a solution, and it's a solution that does not cost anybody money, and it's a solution that we can utilize in all sorts of areas of this country, a lot of areas that still don't have. I mean, not everyone's in downtown Toronto. There are a lot of areas in northern Ontario that don't have the luxuries we do. So if you can supply them with this kind of clean energy then that, to me, is an absolute win-win. And I get it. There are, there are downfalls of nuclear. And, uh, and there will be those who say, well, you can't do that. That's why we got rid of nuclear. But we would be stupid not to investigate this. And so let's get the big brain on now. He can uh, pick up where I've left off. Ross McKittrick is a professor of economics department of finance. Hi there, Ross. Hi, Alex. All right, explain to me how these small modular reactors work. I mean, I'm envisioning like a mini reactor driving around. What are they? Well, uh, there's been a lot of technological development in nuclear since we built nuclear reactors in Ontario, which I guess is going back 20, no, 30 years. Um, and um, so it's just as, as the name describes, it uh, is meant to be a more of a, a scalable reactor process and then um, a lot of the innovation is also concerning the generation of waste and the reusing of the nuclear waste Um, so the options that they would be looking at would be not just um, can these things be built on a scale that you need and then uh, scaling up and down in a cost-effective way but also um, processing the nuclear fuel and reprocessing it to reduce the costs of the long-term management of nuclear waste. Um, the, um, uh, like I say, the the technology has changed a lot, and so they're going to have a bunch of different options. Um, and uh, even without the whole climate issue, I just think uh, it's long overdue for uh, a major study like this uh, to look at 
um, what's available now. And um, one thing I would hope that they, they do, though, is, is allow for all the options, including um, ones that may not be coming out of the can-do process and, and ones that are, are Canadian in origin, because countries around the world have put a lot of effort over the past uh, years to um, generate new options in nuclear technology. So we should look at all of it. Right. And the federal government doesn't seem opposed to this because they've also been studying this issue. So, you know, if they're looking at it and if these premiers come to them and say, hey, look, here's an option instead of going and taxing everybody, here's an option that you yourself are looking at. So clearly this is an avenue uh, that that has a lot of benefit. Yeah. Um, one of the problems Canada has run into, and Ontario especially with, with nuclear, is um, there seems to be a, a history of cost overruns. So um, the the projects will get approved on the basis of this is how much it's going to cost to build, and then the refurbishment cost down the road. And then, um, as uh, as we found, when the day actually comes, they cost a lot more to build. They take a lot longer to get online. Um, hopefully one of the big questions, and they'll have to look at this um, very carefully, is are we going to get into the same kind of bind where you have reactors that cost way more to keep them running than, than we expected? Um, and there's, so we shouldn't, we shouldn't put ourselves in the position of being guinea pigs for anyone. We, uh, um, we should be only looking at well-proven technologies and, and uh technologies where other people have demonstrated what the actual cost is to get them online. Right, because because there are the downsides of it. There's there's toxic byproduct that, that you know, the uranium-fueled nuclear cycles. Have they come up, since we've closed out of nuclear here in Ontario, have they come up with ways of disposing or, or outside of, uh, of Canada? Have, have researchers come up with ways of, of getting rid of this, you know, the toxic side? More well, safely, I should say. Um no, uh, for the the conventional nuclear reactors that generate um, long-lasting radioactive waste, um, it's it's just put into storage. Uh, the U.S. looked at um, trying to develop a, um, a nuclear waste repository deep under Yucca Mountain, and they they spent decades and, and well over a billion dollars just studying it to try to find whether that would be a, a an option and, and never got around to approving it or operating it. it. It's a it's a difficult issue that every country with nuclear reactors contends with. And as far as I know, um, our nuclear waste is stored locally at, at the reactors. It's um, uh, it's not something where we've ever tried to develop a centralized waste repository. Why did we, uh, you know, get rid of of the nuclear option here in Ontario? Was it just the health implications and, and just the fact that it was thought to be very out of style? Um, I don't think that was it. I mean, there's local opposition to having any kind of large power plant, certainly including nuclear. Um, I think it was more the cost that um, uh, one of the ways that it um, it got through in the first place was um, a big issue was the liability insurance. But... Um, uh, in order to get insurance coverage, in, um, since the, um, the calamity that you'd be insuring against would be so ruinously expensive, um, it took special legislation uh, essentially to eliminate liability um, for the um, nuclear power plants, um, or at least cap it at a very low rate, um, to make the insurance affordable. 
And then a lot of the construction costs, as as happens in our electricity system, it just became very difficult to figure out who was paying the bills and what was getting foisted onto taxpayers. And um, so uh, we, even though now we get about 55% of our electricity from our nuclear plants, um, they it cost a lot. It it was a, a very expensive proposition to get them up and running. And I think after that, um, given how um, inexpensive more conventional sources like natural gas uh, are, it hasn't made sense. Um, but I think the time has come given the the developments in uh, nuclear technology over the last couple of decades. It really does make sense. But um, I'm just glad to hear the language change. I, I think it's, you know, we should be pushing more to see what kind of technology we have to clean up the energy of the environment instead of just going for the for the taxpayer's pocketbook. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, um, well, with Ontario phasing out uh, its coal plants, we were able to do that because we had extra capacity in nuclear and then we added some natural gas as well. And with Alberta phasing out its coal plants, they have to make up um, the power somewhere, and there's, it doesn't matter how many wind turbines you build, you, you still need power on the days that the wind isn't blowing. So um, you, there aren't really many large-scale options, and so nuclear has to be part of that. I guess we'll stay tuned. What's your gut reaction on uh, if this will actually become a reality? Because five years is a long time. Um, yeah, what they're going to find when they start looking at this is there are a lot of people with strong opinions on nuclear, including partisans for the different types of options, the technical options that are there. I hope that they just go into it ready to listen to uh, um, the, the people that are out there and keep their eye on the fact that you have to choose a low-cost option, that um, the costs can get out of control on this one. Oh, no kidding. Ross, thank you so much. I appreciate it. My pleasure. That is Ross McKittrick, Canadian economist, is specializing in uh, environmental economics as well as policy analysis. So we'll wait and see what happens. I'm just, uh, I'm welcome and open to the conversation. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.